Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I'm coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. Whenever you hear a scripture begin with the words, Jesus answered, Immediately, what comes to mind is, what was the question? Because it's an answer, right? So there had to be a question beforehand. And so you have to look back a little bit in the chapter to find that out. And it basically says, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? How is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? It seems like a backwards question because when we think about Jesus, we think about a Jesus who wants to be known to the whole world, right? We think of Jesus as one that needs to be known by everyone that came as the revelation of God so everybody will know about God's incredible love. And yet, the question is, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And so it begs the question, what exactly are they getting at? Well, some of you know your history. And you know that we're celebrating Memorial Day. And so we got some people that served in the military here that know about this. But a lot of what wins wars is for one side to know what the other one does not. So what do they do in war? They, they try to send messages and code them in such a way that all the allies understand it and the, all the enemy does not. Pretty, pretty simple, right? And so in a way, what, what the disciple was asking was, how are you going to reveal yourself in such a way that we understand and yet nobody's going to notice? That we know what to do and yet nobody else is catching on. How is that possible? How is that even going to happen? Well, the reality is that a lot of stuff happens and we don't notice because we don't pay attention. You want to know that? Just try to call your kids for dinner while they're watching TV or playing on their device. Dinner's ready. Crickets, crickets, crickets. Right? We pay attention to the things that we want to focus on and that we 
are, are really interested in. They have this really cool video that you'll need to look up later called The Monkey Business Illusion. And uh, you'll have to Google it. I'll post a link later on Facebook for those that have Facebook. But basically, it has people with a basketball in different T-shirts passing the ball. And the instructions that you get at the beginning of the video is, count how many times the ball is passed. And so they show this video, and they have people watching it, and you start counting the times that the ball is passed. And by the end, you feel pretty good about yourself because you got the right number of passes. And then the person presenting the video goes, did you see the monkey? And you're going, what? A monkey passes in the background on the video as they're passing the ball. And a huge number of people never saw the monkey. They were paying attention to counting. They wanted to get the answer right, right? And then they go, well, did you notice that the background changed color? And you're going, no, I didn't. And they show you the replay, and sure enough, the background faded to one color and another. And then they go, did you realize that we added extra people to pass the ball during the whole thing? And you're going, no, you didn't. And they show you the replay, and there's an extra person walking in and passing the ball. And by the end of the exercise, you begin to realize that you don't pay as good attention as you thought. You see, we, we notice those things that are important to us that we're really trying to get. And we miss all of the other stuff. And the disciples were telling Jesus, we do not want to miss the instructions of what we're to do next. Because you're not going to be around. We're not going to be able to go, hey, Jesus, what did you mean by this? He's gone. Back to the Father. How are we going to get this? They really wanted to know, how are we going to know what to do when you're not here? This is a serious matter. If you're gone, who is going to sustain us? Who's going to teach us? Who's going to lead us? We don't know. How will you reveal yourself to us? And Jesus' answer is very telling. He says, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. He says, basically, if you want to know what to do, remember what I've taught you. Remember what I've said. And if you do that, if you continue to abide in me, I will abide in you. And the father will abide in you. And we will make home with you. But one of the things you know really fast when somebody moves into your house is things change, don't they? Somebody's in your house. You, you can't wear the same stuff you might be wearing because you're afraid they'll see you in your jammies or something, you know. You can't do everything the same way because there's guests in the house. Right? And, and so it changes what you do when you know somebody's there. He says, we will come and abide with you. When we understand that God abides with us in our home, it leads us to obedience of the word of God because we know that he's there with us. And he's not just a guest. He's moving in. He's here to stay. He's here to impact your life. 
and it's going to change things for you. So obedience to the word leads to God abiding with us. And obedience to the word shows that we love God. There's nothing that says I love you more to parents than children being obedient. But maybe I'm the only parent that realizes that my kids are angels around other people. And then they get home and, I don't know, it's, it's not the same. Sometimes I want to pull in a stranger and go, would you come home with me so they'll behave? Because they're perfect angels around other people, right? And then you bring them home and you're like, where did you come from? And this is what he's talking about. He's saying, look, obedience to God is a way to show God that you love him. And when, when, you know, when you're doing this, you need to remember everything that I have told you. But this is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for you. And you know, when I hit something that's hard, I need help. And for me, in high school, that was algebra. One cookie plus Another cookie equals two cookies. I got that. A plus B equals X. Don't get that. It confused me. And I needed a tutor. I needed somebody to come in and explain it to me. I needed somebody to remind me of the lessons that I had learned in math that applied to algebra so that I could put it through my brain because it wasn't computing. I needed somebody to be able to give me an example. Don't you love that example at the top of the page in your math homework? Always look at that, be able to trace it back. Oh, that's what they mean. And Jesus said, this is going to be hard for you. So I'll tell you what, I'm not leaving you by yourself. I am giving you a tutor, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to come when I leave. It's going to hold your hand through this process. It's going to teach you everything you need to know. It's going to remind you everything you've already learned from me. And it's going to continue to nag you to get the work done. You know, that's one of the things. When you have a tutor and they're showing up at four, at three, you're going over your stuff because you know they're going to show up. And Jesus was telling his disciples, the Holy Spirit is coming. I've been with you three years. I've held your hand. I've answered your questions. I've prayed with you. I've done everything I could to prepare you for this moment. But now that you're going to be on your own, I'm sending a tutor. And it's coming. It's called the Holy Spirit. And when it arrives, it's going to be here to help you. But here's the key. You have to have a teachable spirit for a tutor to work. I can get you 20 tutors. And if you're not willing to learn, if you're not willing to put yourself through the process of opening yourself up to instruction, if you're not willing to take feedback and advice, if you're not willing to take correction and direction, then you're going to continue to fail. But when you get a tutor, it means somebody doesn't want you to fail. It means somebody wants you to succeed. You don't get a tutor so you can fail the class. You get a tutor so you can pass the class. So what Jesus was saying, I am not setting you up for failure by leaving you. I am in fact empowering you by giving you the Holy Spirit. 
so that you can make it through this course called life. And yes, being a Christian is like homework. You're supposed to practice at home, not just in church. You're supposed to carry it with you for the whole week. You know, I always used to think that the kids carried too many bag, you know, books in the bag. But think about it as Christians, aren't we supposed to be carrying the gospel with us? Aren't we supposed to be carrying the example of Jesus? Aren't we supposed to be bearers of the word of God that brings life to others? Aren't we supposed to be taking our testimony into the world? There's so much that you and I have to carry as students of Christ. That without the Holy Spirit, we just couldn't do it. The book bag will just weigh us down. And we get frustrated because it's a hard course. Can any of us measure up to the example of Christ? But knowing you have a tutor should help. Because the scripture tells us that when you have a tutor, then you can have peace. One of the great things about my doctoral program was that I was assigned a dissertation coach. This person was there to try to advise me and help me along the process, to give feedback and to correct me when I was wrong, and to keep me on schedule, which is a complete huge task as you're doing ministry and studying at the same time. But knowing that I had a dissertation coach gave me encouragement and peace. Whenever that coach would send an email saying, you can do it, you got it, keep going, it would encourage me. When there was less red than black on the page for a change, that encouraged me. When the email was answered in 24 hours instead of a week, that encouraged me. And you see, what Jesus was saying is the Holy Spirit is going to bring you peace because it's going to teach you what you don't yet know and you need to know. It's going to remind you everything that I have taught you, but then it's going to teach you new things. Because have you ever experienced something in your life that you went, Jesus never had to face this. He never experienced road rage. How, how, how am I supposed to apply anything to this? And it is at those times that the Holy Spirit of God comes in and says, peace, peace. And it teaches us a new way to be. How many things in our lives are like that where we're going, God, Jesus never had teenagers. Jesus never had to deal with all of this stuff that I have to deal with. And the Holy Spirit comes in to teach something new based on what Jesus has already taught us in Scripture. But it all begins with that teachable spirit. And Jesus says to his disciples, my peace I leave to you. I do not give it as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. One of my kids pointed out that we're not afraid of the test. We're afraid of failing the test. We're not afraid of the test. 
we're afraid of failing the test. It is the fear of failure, the fear of falling short, the fear of not measuring up. That is what gets us and steals our peace. Because we all know that there will be a final time when we stand before the throne of God. It's almost like the final exam. And the bad news for all of us is that every one of us is going to fail that test. Every single one of us is going to fail that test. Because none of us can measure up to the stature of Christ. You know the good news? That because we have had the Holy Spirit tutoring us and we believe in Jesus Christ, His righteousness is attributed to your score as extra credit and brings your grade up to passing. Isn't that glorious? To me, that is glorious. Let me tell you something. There is peace that passes understanding that comes over you when you walk through the stage and receive your diploma. When you get your regalia and know that graduation is actually going to happen, there is peace. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be peace when we stand before the throne of God and we fail the test because none of us is good enough to deserve eternity. And we get the extra credit that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we are welcomed in to heaven. The final is always graded on a curve if you know Jesus. But it all begins with having that teachable spirit that is willing to take off whatever it is that is muffling the voice of God that is speaking all the time. Look, I talk to my kids day in and day out and they get about 10% of what I say. If we are any indication of that with God, I would say that the percent can be even lower at times. Will we take off whatever it is that is keeping us from seeing and hearing what God is revealing and teaching to us through his Holy Spirit? I think if we do, we will be surprised at the things that the Spirit will teach us and the places where God will lead us and the things we'll be able to do. And there won't be any need to be afraid because the peace of God that passes all understanding will be ruling our hearts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this word. I thank you, O oh Lord, because there's so much that you want to reveal to us and show to us. O oh Lord, but you call us to be open to your Holy Spirit, to listen to your voice, to open our spiritual eyes to see what you want to show us, to be willing to be taught by you, O oh Lord. Help us to remember everything that you have taught us through your word and to be open to new experiences with you as we move forward in this journey we call life. Thank you, Lord, that we don't need to be afraid. And even though we know the test of life is hard, with you we'll make it to the end. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.